Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Oklahoma Sooners moving to 7-0 on the season by way of a 52-14 thumping of the West Virginia Mountaineers as Austin Kendall makes his debut back in Norman, well, just for another team. Welcome to the Vivid Seat Studios. I'm Matt Hofeld. This is the Sooner Nation podcast, the online podcast for Heartland Sports. Heartland-sports.com is where you can find us. Oklahoma just rolls over West Virginia and what was a complete game. This is the game that if you're an Oklahoma fan, you've wanted to see Oklahoma play like this. Sooners limiting what West Virginia can do offensively while also taking advantage of the West Virginia defense with a very balanced offensive attack. Oklahoma 28 to 14 at the half. And then just go on to outscore the Mountaineers 24 to nothing in the second half. Mountaineers failed to score in the first quarter. They put up two touchdowns in the second quarter. Oklahoma's defense pitches a second half shutout. I don't know that you can walk away from this game with anything to be critical about. I'm, I'm not for sure that you can look at this game and say, yeah, but. I mean, you know, so you know how you do that sometimes? You, you, sometimes you, you're like, well, Oklahoma won. But, I mean, Oklahoma did everything they were supposed to do against an inferior team. And that, I mean, that needs to be noted. It, it is an inferior team, but you got to play the teams that are on your schedule. And for the seventh time this season, Oklahoma has come out on the, uh, the high side of the scoreboard. For the very first time since 2004, Oklahoma is 7-0. and let, let that sink in for just a second. Think about all of the good teams that have that have post 2004, all of the good teams that we have seen Oklahoma put out there on the football field. I mean, you've seen three Heisman Trophy winners since 2004. You saw Sam Bradford. You saw um, you saw Baker Mayfield. You saw Kyler Murray. None of those guys got to seven and zero on the season. Last Oklahoma quarterback to do that, by the way, another Heisman Trophy winner, Jason White. So this is a very good milestone for the University of Oklahoma. And you're going to hear people, here's how that angle is going to go, because you saw a big upset loss in in the Big Ten today. Um, You know, the SEC continues to narrow itself down. Georgia struggling. You're going to, you're going to start seeing these narratives come and, and there is some merit to it that the Big 12 just isn't as good as it has been over the last two or three seasons. But I think you can make the same argument with just a little bit of research. You can make the same argument about the SEC. You can make the same argument about the Big Ten. You can make the same argument for sure about the ACC. 
I, across the board, college football not as good as it has been over the last two or three seasons. That doesn't mean it's bad. That doesn't mean it's a bad product, but it means that it's a null and void argument when you're talking about Oklahoma's schedule. They've beaten the teams that are on the schedule. Big game coming up in a few weeks against the Baylor Bears. Huge game. Baylor moving to 7-0. and We'll talk about that here uh, near the end of the podcast. Baylor moving to 7-0 on the season. They're number 18 this week. They're surely going to move up. You, uh, you know, I talked about the big upset in the Big Ten, Wisconsin going down. I mean, we, we want to talk about we, we want to talk about the Big Ten. We want to talk about the level of play there. If if you listen to this podcast, I mean, it's kind of crude. I'm sorry, but it's the you know the phrase I've used is at some point the Big Ten lays a big turd on the field. You saw that with Wisconsin today, and and here's what's going to happen. I mean. Just in typical Big Ten fashion, Wisconsin is going to go and give Ohio State everything the Buckeyes want next week. You think you lose to Illinois one week, you're a top 10 program, you lose to Illinois one week, you got to face Ohio State the next week. And everyone's going to, I mean, that's going to be a big line. When our, when our friends at MyBookie release the lines, what, Monday or Tuesday, those early lines begin to come out? That's going to be a big line. But I feel like that's a game that's going to go the distance. That's just the way the Big Ten plays out. Penn State, right now, just giving Michigan all they want. Well, really, they're giving Michigan more than they want. I mean, they're just, I think, up 21 to 7 at the half. But at some point, at some point, the Big Ten is going to do what the Big Ten always does. Why? Because it's a watered down conference. Why is, why is Clemson playing the worst football we've seen them play in the last four years, but yet they're just still steamrolling people, you know, except for North Carolina? It's because the ACC is watered down. Why is the SEC only at two undefeated teams right now? It's because it's watered down across the board. So don't take away from Oklahoma's win over West Virginia, particularly when, when they thrashed the Mountaineers 52-14, to 14, did exactly what they were supposed to do. Jalen Hurts, every bit look the, looking the part of the Heisman Trophy candidate that he is. Here's a crazy stat. Jalen Hurts was a Drake Stoops pass. Excuse me, I guess I should say a Drake Stoops dropped pass away from having the perfect game. Hurts is 16 of 17 on the afternoon for 316 yards through the air, three scores. Which kind of segues me into my guys, kind of a segment I'm going to do since I'm I'm doing the podcast by myself right now. As you notice, Rich DeCray wasn't with me on uh, Thursday night, nor is he with me tonight. Big shout out to Rich out uh, making his mark on the world with his real job. But here's the thing. The three guys I had offensively, to, to keep an eye on Jalen Hurts, Charleston Rambo, Trey Sermon. Two of those three guys, if you kept an eye on them, you, you enjoyed what you saw. I told you about Jalen Hurts, 16 of 17. His only, only I mean, you got to throw it out there again. The only incomplete pass he had on the day was a dropped pass. 316 yards to the air, three touchdowns. Tied for a team high. And carries with 10 
for a for a team high 75 rushing yards and two more scores, accounting for five touchdowns on the day. Now Tua does that, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, Tua, look what he's doing to lead this team." Jalen does that, and it's well, it's West Virginia. I mean, every I mean again, you got it. You got to watch the spin. You got to be mindful of the spin because it is thick and it is deep as this college football season hits that second half of the season. Jalen Hurts, great afternoon. The most important stat for Jalen Hurts, something if you listen to our, our pregame podcast on Thursday night, the preview, the best stat for best stat for Jalen Hurts, zero turnovers. Zero turnovers. That's what you needed to see. This is a kid who every bit is the heart and soul of this offense. They feed off of his poise. They feed off of his big playability. They submit to his leadership, and why wouldn't you? But what we talked about Thursday night is that the, the turnovers starting to become an issue. Texas Tech, Kansas, Texas. Those three games he turned the ball over. He's the only, only player on this roster, only player on this team to have a turnover. And he took care of that issue for this week. And you got to be proud of the guy. You saw a very calm, cool, and collective performance out of Jalen Hurts. Something that we talked about again on Thursday night. No pressure from this kid. This was a no-pressure game. He didn't have to match Austin Kendall stride for stride. They weren't going to trade blows. There wasn't that a big... Um, you know, defensive force that they were dealing with. He could just sit back and play football. And that's what he did. Jalen Hurts individually, 316 passing yards, 75 rushing yards. Jalen Hurts individually had more total yards of offense than the entire West Virginia team. I would say that's a pretty good day for your quarterback but also a pretty good day for your defense. Second guy I picked, I said, you got to watch this guy pregame. Charleston Rambo, team high four catches, 71 yards and a touchdown. That's a pretty good day. I said on Thursday night that this, this game just kind of sets up for a Charleston Rambo type game. And guess what? So does next week. So does Kansas State. Where I missed on this, and this is what I want to talk about for a few minutes, where I missed on the defensive, on the offensive guys to keep an eye on, I missed it on Trey Sermon. After after not recording a, a carry last week against the Longhorns, I really thought that they would try to make it up to Trey Sermon. I really thought there would be some sort of a Lincoln Riley writing an IOU type thing with, with Sermon. But instead of that, I think what we've learned is that there is a clear pecking order now for these running backs. There's no question about the the amount of talent and this stable of, of running backs has. There's just no question. But the lead guy, the feature back, is Kennedy Brooks. You know, we saw Kennedy Brooks make his very first start against Texas Tech, very first start of his career. Unfortunately, that's the game he kind of got rolled up on, on the, on the cheap shot. When Jalen Hurts throws the interception, 
He gets rolled out of bounds. That was the very first time he had ever started a game for the University of Oklahoma. Again, that's kind of a crazy thought. That set him out against the Kansas game, didn't even make the trip to Lawrence, but then you go back to last week, and he's there front and center against the Texas Longhorns, takes the majority of the, of the reps. He is the feature back last week against Texas. Lincoln Riley said after the game, it was just kind of the ebb and flow of how, of how things went. You got no reason to not believe Lincoln Riley at that point. And because of that, you think, okay, West Virginia, a lot lesser in terms of competition when you're talking about the Texas Longhorns. So he gets an IOU this week. That didn't happen at all. Trey Sermon, five carries, 17 yards on the day. Now here's what's, here's what's happened. Kennedy Brooks just fits into this offense better than Trey Sermon does. It has naturally evolved to that. Does that make Trey Sermon a bad running back? Absolutely not. Does that mean that Trey Sermon's glory days at the University of Oklahoma are over? Absolutely not. What it means is right now with what Lincoln Riley's doing, how he has this offense designed, Kennedy Brooks is a better fit than Trey Sermon. So you saw something develop today with Oklahoma, the offense, and the running game. And maybe it's happened before, and I just didn't notice it. But you saw something develop here today in the form of a jumbo package. I'm kind of a fan of it. I, I like what I saw out of it. On short yardage situations, you saw Ramondre Stevenson and Trey Sermon in the backfield at the same time. I think you're going to see some big things come out of that. I think when you look at short yardage situations and you look at the, 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 the way that this offense just clicks, I mean, when you're in the open field, think about the playmakers. Because there's no question, no question that the biggest home run threat that Oklahoma has at the running back position is Kennedy Brooks. That's why he fits in this offense. He, he's that shifty, fast, explosive back. Ramondre Stevenson, Trey Sermon, they're the kind of the gut punch guys. They wear you down. And so you put your playmakers out there. You, I think, think about it from this perspective right here. From the quarterback position, you've got a guy that's a home run threat. He literally can pick how he wants to beat you. He can beat you with his arm. He can beat you with his legs. A home run threat. Don't believe me? Go back to the UCLA game. 99 yards of offense on the ground for Jalen Hurts in the opening drive of the game. Home run threat from the quarterback position. Wide receiver position. Pick the guy. CeeDee Lamb, Charleston Rambo. You got the home run threats there. Why not have your home run threat at the running back position be the guy? It just makes sense. That's, that's what it is, and that's where this offense has evolved. That's what they've come to. But then on the flip side of that, who are the more physical backs in this offense? First and goal at the three-yard line? 
Give me some Trey Sermon in that situation. Give me some Ramon J. Stevenson. Give me those big guys that would just as soon just run flat over you as opposed to dance around you and explode up the sideline. And that's right now where Trey Sermon is fitting into this offense. And I'm okay with that. Oklahoma fans should be okay with that because you know what it is? It's 7-0 for the very first time since 2004. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's look at Oklahoma's total offensive stats for the day. The Sooners, 45 points. Remember, they had a special teams touchdown. Kudos to the special teams unit. Block punt in the end zone. Austin Stogner with his first ever career touchdown in an Oklahoma uniform. I don't know that anybody would have pegged that's the way he was going to get his first score. But you know what? I bet he's not complaining. 560 total yards of offense for Oklahoma on the day. 40 yards shy of that 600 mark, but still very explosive. 363 yards came through the air. Underrated here, Oklahoma with 197 yards on the ground. Kind of a quiet, I don't know, quiet day on the ground. It didn't seem, I mean, did it seem to you like, Oklahoma ran for 197 yards. I mean, I'm just thinking that just, you think, gosh, you know, Jalen Hurts, 10 carries, Kennedy Brooks, 10 carries. I mean, can you really think of a big, explosive running play? Oklahoma just with a grind-out performance. Very balanced. And the way that they, uh, and the way they handled this, uh, this West Virginia defense today. Again, Jalen Hurts, only 17 pass attempts between Hurts and between Kennedy Brooks. You had 20 rushing attempts. Oklahoma's offense did everything they needed to do, and then some. And they proved, and I agree with Joe Klatt. Joe Klatt said this on the, uh, on the broadcast today. It's the best offense in the country. It's the best offense in the country. You pick how, how you want them to beat you because they're going to beat you. Flipping sides to the defensive side of the ball, things it's interesting again to me, just from the perspective that I get to be in. Things got a little bit unsettling in the in the second quarter. Oklahoma with a 14-0 lead after um, after the first. Austin Kendall gets into a little bit of a rhythm. And it's 28 to 14 at the half because the Mountaineers were able to match points. With Oklahoma. But I don't know that there were a lot of people who thought that was going to continue into the third and fourth quarters. And it absolutely didn't. Goose eggs, three of four quarters on the day, three of four quarters, West Virginia put up goose eggs. So you got two touchdowns. Give it up in the second quarter. 
I mean, tell me why that's bad. Tell me why in the era of the of the the spread offensive attack, the way it is here in the Big 12, tell me why giving up 14 points in four quarters is a bad thing. Oklahoma's defense I thought was spectacular today. Here's the other knock against Oklahoma's defense. You know, nine sacks against the Texas Longhorns the week before, zero sacks against West Virginia. Well, the reason why is, you, I mean, I mean, again, I don't, I don't want to sound crass here, but if you're complaining, if you're complaining about no sacks against West Virginia, there's, there's a couple of things you don't understand about football. Were opportunities there for sacks? Absolutely, they were there. But it wasn't the emphasis bringing uh, bringing the 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 ongoing pressure like you saw last week against Texas. That wasn't the focus of this defense, and I and I missed that because of my defensive keys. I said you got to bring pressure, bring pressure up the middle. But there's two things here that that I think we missed in this conversation. The first thing is with with the limited ability that West Virginia has to run the football, Alex Grinch just wanted to beat them with base. Keep limiting them with our base set. And then let's focus on the downfield aspect. Let's focus on preventing passes from, from being completed downfield. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah, you got a couple of defensive holding penalties or pass interference penalties. Yep, they were there. But that's what you're going to get with this defense. When, you, when, when you're telling your defensive backs to be more aggressive, you're going to get a little bit more laundry on the field. But wouldn't you rather see? I mean, think about Trey Brown. Back-to-back plays, they go after Trey Brown, and they go after him deep. Back-to-back plays, Trey Brown defends that. I would much, as an Oklahoma fan, give me that kind of play with a flag, you know, on the field here and there, as opposed to, remember the Mike Stoops 15-yard cushion? Remember not challenging the receivers because we're afraid that they'll just run by us and get downfield? Remember that? So give me the way it is right now. I'll I'll take that any day, any day. So Oklahoma didn't record a sack in the game. But what they did do is they limited Austin Kendall to less than 50%. That's pretty good. Less than 50%. He's coming into this game over 60% completion percentage. He's under 50 against your defense. So, yeah, no sack. But guess what? Alex Grinch's defensive scheme worked. Three guys I gave us on Thursday night to players to watch. Neville Gallimore. Yeah, not a bad game. You know, here's the thing. I don't know that Neville Gallimore was as amped up as what he was last week against Texas. Clearly, that game, that game in the Cotton Bowl means more. I get it. Hundred percent get it, but I I just I didn't see that motor from Neville Gallimore today. That really we've seen this season. 
but not a bad. I mean, he's still the, the disruptive guy up front. Still the guy that draws all the attention from the offensive line. Three tackles, a half a tackle for loss. Pat Fields, he had some good plays. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't anything special, but it, I mean, it wasn't anything terrible either. Pat Fields with two tackles, one for loss. I think the guy I hit, and look, it's a no-brainer. I take zero credit for this because, you know, anybody, your grandmother could have said this. Kenneth Murray, this dude, I mean, just a beast of a football player. And he's your guy on this defense. Nine tackles, nine total tackles in the day, one and a half tackles for loss, two quarterback hurries. Yep. He was the defense. As as much as important as Jalen Hurts was to the offensive performance, Kenneth Murray is that guy to your defensive side. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oklahoma with a big 52-14 win over the West Virginia Mountaineers. Now they're going to look up to the north for the Kansas State Wildcats. Early Lions are not out on this game yet. When our friends at MyBookie release it, we'll, uh, we'll for sure be able to tell you about it. I would expect Oklahoma to be somewhere. You know, they're playing on the road in Manhattan. I would expect them to be somewhere around a 24 to 28 point favorite in that game. Here's a couple of things you need to know about my bookie. You know, my bookie takes it takes everything, your action off the field and in, you know, everything to the next level. Not just your point spread total, but my bookie also offers in-game wagering. You can track your action and movement as the game takes place. Game props, playoff odds, and national championship odds are all available, as well as the Heisman Trophy odds. Jalen Hurts should see a bump in that this week. That just scratches the surface. We've teamed up with MyBookie this October to give you a great offer. If you sign up at MyBookie.ag and use the promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, they will match your first deposit. Again, promo code OVERTIME, and new users get their first deposit doubled. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Looking at the West Virginia Mountaineers, kind of closing the door on this. Oklahoma's defensive performance, again, I, I think it's stellar. If I'm giving out grades right now, you'll see our position grades come up later on, uh, you know, Sunday and Monday on the website. But right now, I don't, I don't have a reason not to give anyone an A. Again, I mean, the, the days of shutting a team out in the Big 12, those days are gone. I, I mean, there's some bad teams in the Big 12. Kansas is bad. Texas Tech, I think, is bad. I don't think Oklahoma State's that good. There's some bad teams in the Big 12. But you're not going to, I mean, I don't think there's a team in the Big 12 that you can look at them and say, yeah, that's a shutout victory. I, I just don't think that team's there. 
West Virginia, 242 total yards of offense. 242 total yards of offense, 191 passing, and only 51 rushing. If you remember from Thursday night, from our, our, our pregame, our preview podcast, I said if West Virginia cracks 100 yards rushing, it's a good day for them, and that means things aren't going very well for the Oklahoma defense. Well, guess what? It was a bad day for West Virginia's offense, and things went very well for Oklahoma's defense. 51 rushing yards. Hey, you know what? Um... I messed up. You're, big surprise here. <laughs> I did make a huge mistake in Thursday night's podcast. And I need to tell you about that. So on Thursday night, I was making, trying to make the argument about, um, about how the Big Ten was in position to potentially get two teams into the college football playoff. And, and the reason was because at the time, the Big Ten had four undefeateds. You had Wisconsin, you had Penn State, Ohio State, and Minnesota. And and the in that in that argument, so to speak, and in the midst of that, um, my trying to make my point, I, I talked about how I don't think it's possible for the SEC to get it this year because you got Alabama and LSU coming from the same division. The only two undefeated teams left in the SEC. And the, and the point that I tried to make with that was that when Alabama and Georgia both made the college football playoff, was that Georgia had come in to the playoff as a SEC champion, and Alabama made it into the playoff just because they're they're Alabama. And the mistake I made in that, the mistake I made in all of that, was that. I said Alabama lost to Georgia in the SEC championship game, which is not true. So now you know I'm human. Now you know I'm imperfect. Georgia beat Auburn that year, not Alabama, but still SEC got two teams in from two different divisions. I don't see how the SEC gets two teams in from the same division. I, even, even after Wisconsin just loses it today, I don't see how that happens. The Big Ten is going to be fun to watch because, like I said earlier, Wisconsin, Ohio State next week. I think Minnesota is the Baylor of the Big Ten. They're just winning every week, and you're kind of scratching your head wondering how they're doing it, and you're wondering, are they really that good? And then Penn State. Penn State may be the best team that in any conference that no one's talking about. They, they, they legitimately may be the best team in any conference that no one's talking about. Because you go through and you list the best teams in each, each conference. You know, think, just, just, just do this. Just in your mind, think about the best team in this conference. Ready? Best team in the ACC. You thought of Clemson, didn't you? Best team in the SEC. Yep, there's Alabama. Best team in the Big 12. No-brainer, Oklahoma. Best team in the Pac-12. <laughs> who cares, right? It's Oregon, but who cares? Now, best team in the Big Ten. And see, you immediately went to Ohio State. Penn State's pretty good. 
They're pretty solid both sides of the ball. I think Ohio State is really just kind of making their way. They're not, not that they're terrible defensively, but they're making their way based off of Justin Fields and what that offense is doing. Whereas Penn State, they're a balanced team offensively and defensively. Something to keep an eye on. Something to keep an eye on with this team and this conference. I don't know that the Big Ten is eliminated from having two, even with Wisconsin losing, I don't know that the Big Ten is eliminated from having two teams just yet. Just yet. Give them time. Because like I said, based off of, uh, based off of previous years, you're going to just see a big dud. It's going to happen. You're just going to see a big dud. Not just from one undefeated, but from multiple undefeateds. It'll be fun to watch. Still a month and a half of football left. How the Big Ten, do, uh, the Big Twelve do? Huh. It's a good day for some. <laughs> Obviously, a bad day for others. We got to get into that. You listen to the Sooner Nation podcast. Oklahoma turns its sights to the north. Trip to Manhattan coming up next Saturday to take on the Kansas State Wildcats. Sooners are um, on the road for a while at, at Kansas State, and then they have a bye week before heading to Baylor before finally coming back to Norman. Sorry, I lied to you on that. Mess it up. Kansas At Kansas State, then they come back to Norman against Iowa State on the 9th of November, and then Baylor on the 16th. Our friends over at Vivid Seats, that's your source for tickets. Use the promo code OVERTIME over at Vivid Seats. It'll take care of you. Get uh, discounts on your ticket purchase for your first-time users. Hey, you want to go to Manhattan? You want to go watch Oklahoma at Kansas State? You want to save that for Oklahoma versus Iowa State? VividSeats.com, that's your place to go. Big 12 Conference, Kansas State with a um, really just kind of a a crushing loss to TCU. Sorry. I, I'm just all over the here's, – here's what's going on. I mean, let me just tell you what I'm doing right now. I'm watching Texas and Kansas, and I'm not believing what I'm seeing. This game is uh, into the fourth quarter, 10 minutes left. Texas just goes up by 10. 30, 40 to 30 over Kansas. I think that's probably going to do it for the Jayhawks. But still, this game has had has been a distraction to me, and I apologize. TCU with a crushing loss against Kansas State today. Oklahoma now will go play Kansas State next week with the Wildcats a little bit on, on the uptick, which is good. It's good because people are going to look at this game and, you know, if, if Kansas State comes in uh, having lost to TCU, which I thought that they would, Kansas State comes into this game having lost, it, it takes a little bit of luster off of it. There's not going to be a lot of luster on this game anyway. But for if you're TCU, this loss hurts. Gary Patterson is a guy that a lot of people have a lot of respect for. The Frogs now falling down to three and three on the season, one and two in conference play. 
On the flip side of that, Kansas State suddenly a respectable four and two, one and two in the Big Twelve. But you're looking at a team that's four and two, and 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 as bad as as Mississippi State is, people are still going to say this is a team that went into Starkville and got a win. Iowa State thirty four to twenty four over Texas Tech. Matt Campbell may have things going now. And again, if you if you if you spend any time listening to this podcast, you know I'm going to keep plugging Matt Campbell and Iowa State because that was my pick to face Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. But Matt Campbell may have things going. Brock Purdy, 378 yards and three touchdowns through the air today against Texas Tech. This is a team that steamrolled Oklahoma State a couple of weeks ago. But now you got to start wondering. Just how bad is Oklahoma State? Remember when they beat Kansas State and everybody thought, well, the Cowboys have finally figured it out defensively. You, you knew, I mean, as long as Mike Gunny's there, they're, they're going to they're gonna challenge you offensively. Chuba Hubbard, legitimately one of the best running backs in the country. He's going to get his. Hubbard with like 172 yards uh, against um, Baylor at homecoming. But it was bad coaching decisions, in my opinion, and bad execution. I mean, your quarterback, I get it. He's a true freshman. Three turnovers, two of them by just putting the ball on the ground. And they were all costly. Think about this. If you watch that game, Oklahoma State, with the lead, 13 to 10, just before the half, minimum, minimum, they're going to put up another field goal. Minimum. But yet Spencer Sanders throws an interception in the end zone. And it's one of those things where you just got to, you got to, you got to wonder. You got to wonder what is this game like without that turnover? What is this game like without that turnover? Instead, they turn it over. They go in the half just with a, a three point lead. Baylor just comes out 35 second half points. Once again, capitalizing off of Oklahoma State mistakes, scoop and score on another on another uh, Sanders fumble leads to a defensive touchdown. And Oklahoma State, forty-five to twenty-seven, loss for homecoming, four and three on the on the season for Oklahoma State, one and three in conference play. Put that in perspective. In the last month, Oklahoma State has gone one and three. You got to start thinking about Mike Gundy, what his buyout is, and really what that situation is like. I mean, you can't think that there's any love lost between Holder and Gundy, right? Mike Holder, Mike Gundy. These guys seem to contradict each other at every turn. And Mike Gundy is the first guy that's going to tell you how good he is. Why? Because Tennessee's tried to get him twice. He'll tell you, oh, Tennessee tried to hire me twice. Rumored for other programs. And, and, and I wrote an article a couple of years ago. Actually, I think it's the beginning of last season. I wrote an article that I think Gundy missed his chance. You see your stock rise and rise and rise and rise and then it plateaus. And then it starts to go into decline. And I think you might start see Mike Gundy there. 
And here's how you know that I'm right on this. Because you won't find a lot of Oklahoma State fans who disagree with me on that. That's how you know I'm right. This has been the Sooner Nation Podcast. I'm Matt Hofeld flying solo. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for being part of of what we do. You make it uh, great for us. And uh, we want to say thank you for that. If you don't mind giving us a rating on iTunes, or I guess it's Apple Podcast now, give us a rating on Spotify, however you find us. Participate in the conversation. Hit us up on Twitter, at Sports Heartland. Leave us a comment on the um, on the post at heartland-sports.com. Send us an email, heartland underscore sports at yahoo.com. We'll love to hear your feedback and your participation in the conversation. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody. We'll be back Thursday to talk about Oklahoma and Kansas State. Over sooner. <laughs>